Tom, can you introduce our guest for this evening? Absolutely, Dr. Joe. We are honored tonight to have back Ms. Zoe Bradford of the Company Theater with her new musical, a woke reboot of the story of Joan of Arc, where the role of Joan of Arc is played by a woman. <laughs> yes, Welcome to the Dr. Joe show, Zoe Bradford. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I, Glad to be here. Zoe, it's so great. And and I know that this, this is really exciting because this is your brand new musical. You've been working on this for how long now? This is a five-year project. Uh, you know, just came to me. Uh, basically, I wanted to do another original musical. I've got a couple under my belt. They were award winners. Well, they were wonderful collaborations. They sold out to the wall. All of you know the two that I did do in my in my career that were just ginormous musicals. But it just so happens that um, the uh, rock musical genre, the sung through mus musical, is my favorite. You know, anything from Tommy to Les Mis to superstar you know there's all, all these great shows where you, you just sing everything you don't stop to talk and um i, I thought that's what i want to do i want to try to do something and it was very challenging but i got the right composer uh melissa carubia got her very excited for the project um and uh, you know i know you were joking about the woke thing but um melissa is uh, definitely a fighter and believer in causes for those who are less than, for those who need a voice, for all of that, and said that Joan was really uh, a person that she could understand and lock into. So um, years of research, about three years of research into it and ta talking through what everything was going to be. Then it's basically like writing poetry. That's my part of it by writing lyrics. And then she began composing and doing additional lyrics to fit some of the music because not all of it was going to fit properly. Um, and uh, together we uh, created this wonderful thing and brought our friend Michael Hammond into it as a third collaborator because he had has such a great um, sense of uh, contemporary music and what people are listening to and what things would fit where and you know great sounding board for historic things and and all of that so so the three of us launched on this adventure and um, now now is the time now is the day Friday carpe diem woo <laughs> she's coming <laughs> so it's it's a wonderful feeling I'm so proud of the whole accomplishment there were so many women in history that you could have chosen how how did you decide on Joan of Arc uh she came to me really I don't know I was just thinking what's my next musical gonna be about it wasn't like I'm trying to think of a great woman that I could write a musical but it wasn't anything like that it was just what is speaking to me what would speak to me and she it just she just popped in my head and I thought why did I think of that? So I just started reading and researching and then I was overwhelmed. There's more written about that young woman and her short 19 years than you can shake a stick at. I mean, it, unbelievable how much has been recorded about her because when she was put to death, uh, they immediately realized, they being French, English, and clergy all realized that was a big mistake. They should not have done that. And they 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 started recording her life from every detail. Her parents and town members from her childhood were interviewed, soldiers, you know, um, royalty, um, you name it. Everybody had things to say about Joan. And so it was all recorded. So she's just well represented in history. But here's the caveat. There are things that are definitely historical, no question about it. There are things that are 
legendary that you wonder, did that really happen? Wow, that's very cool. And then there are things that are mystical that you have to take a leap of faith to believe. So yeah. I took a three tiered path basically that said, I am going to go with all three because the mysticism really interested me. Um, and you do have to take a little leap of faith to possibly believe it. And yet these stories were told over and over again. Did they become legends? Did they just become stories or did it really happen? Yeah. It's cool. It's a cool thought. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think that mysticism and spirituality and all of these mythologies, mm. maybe they're real. Maybe they're right. Real. Right. And, you know, that's where you have to say, you know, um, there are the skeptics who say, you know, why would we do that? Oh, was Joan crazy? No, she was not. I'm going to stay point, say point blank that with a, because her trial, every word of her five month trial was recorded. Uh, that young woman knew exactly what was going on at all times. She was definitely a genius and, and clever and, and witty on top of it all. So, um, yeah, she she was really something remarkable, a peasant, um, uneducated, uh, couldn't illiterate, um, didn't even know how to use a fork. She had a, a duchess along the way on her way to the castle, taught her how to be able to, you know, eat and, and speak and entertain with royalty. Fascinating. Huh. So I went for the humanity. That's what me and Mel and Michael really wanted to do was bring out her humanity. Everybody knows how she died. Almost everybody knows that. But do you know how she lived? Mm. No, you may not. And that's where the fascinating part comes in. So we don't dwell on the fact that she was put to death. We're, we're celebrating her magnificent life as a teenager, basically, who was brilliant in war strategy, had never ridden a horse before, and suddenly is riding a horse all around France. And not only a horse, a war horse, is, is handling a sword, is um, going to battle for her people. She saved her people. That was the thing. Mm. And that is a noble and worthy cause. One of the longer wars in human history, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was the Hundred Year War, which lasted actually 116. And it was 80 years in when she started getting involved. Um, she never knew anything but war. Her parents didn't know anything but war. Her grandparents knew nothing but war. Um, and the English, who had, there were various treaties and attempts to make peace, but not many. They wanted France. They wanted it badly. And they would go at any length uh, to uh, kill, slaughter, maim, and attack. So the French army was just a mess by the time she came on the scene and there was no king uh the dauphin who was a print a french prince he was the heir to the throne but he was in hiding he wanted nothing to do with the war he was partying away in his castle in chinon so we uh we delve into his wonderful character of being kind of a decadent uh lover of fun and uh debauchery and um you know there's so many rich characters in the thing but she um you know, she came to him, convinced him that she needed an army. And not only was she going to win an enormous battle that was pending, she was going to make sure he was crowned king. And she did. Mm. So um, the, the, and, and why that's such an accomplishment is you have to picture English are all around. There's not much left of France by this point. The English and English associates, the Burgundians, they just, they're all closed in. 
So it was a scary situation and uh, really looked like France was not going to survive as we know it. So that's a really cool thing uh, that she, you know, moved and motivated this ragtag, frustrated and desperate army and people into um, a, to, into some serious victories. Hmm. Yeah, it's really and cool. Musicalized it. Yes, it was screaming for um, the music of rebellion, doesn't huh. it? Yeah. I mean, really, it's it's a powerful medium to use because it gave the opportunity for not only her to have these great anthems and, and reflective pieces, but it also gave an ensemble a great opportunity for uh, songs about war, about religion, about peace, about, you know, the future, um, you know, all of those great things. And then there's interesting characters as she has, um, uh, you know, a couple of soldiers who were knights and dukes who were very significant in her in her traveling through uh, this journey. And they all had really interesting personalities. So, um, you know, we, we kind of celebrate that too. So that it was a great opportunity for an ensemble. Uh, it's not just about her, it's about everybody who was around her who was very important. There are two love interests in the show. Um, she really didn't have time uh, as much as <laughs> two of these, uh, it's a, uh, a duchess and a, uh, knight were both very enamored of her, but she, she, she had a, she had a battle to fight. She had to keep going. So she could not stop for that. And then of course, before anything else could happen, she was put to death, but, and she was captured by the English and sold to the church. That's mm -hmm. what happened. Um, because the English didn't want to be responsible for killing a hero. The French didn't want to be responsible for kill, killing a hero. But they they took this on. And the reason she died, the number one thing they could pin on her was wearing men's clothes. So when I mm -hmm. Mel and myself and Michael, we all discovered that that is the number one reason that she was killed, called a witch, because she wore men's clothes uh, and cut her hair short like uh the men which she had to if she was going to be in battles um you know it seems significant for today yeah. it had a high relevancy i thought wow this is we got to do this now so it was slated originally for spring of 24 and we decided to push it ahead a little bit so so tell me more about that why now why now because you know there was so much we would go in we actually went into retreat uh, quite a few times, you know, uh, we'd, we'd earmark like Fridays to work and we'd work maybe here at the theater, but we had to go hide so that nobody would bother me or, or any of us and we could really get it done. And we would oftentimes the first thing we'd say when we would sit down is like, wow, did you see what happened in the news today? Mm -hmm. You know, the Roe v. Wade thing or, you know, um, children being slaughtered in schools, which actually was that's actually one of the things that the English were stealing the French's children, uh, locking them in cages or just killing them and stealing, you know, just stealing them away. Um, you know, when I read that, um, I'm like, wow, this doesn't sound like history's changed a whole lot. There's, you know, a lot of ugly things in the world, of course, and there's, there's wars and there's all of that, you know, pending, but, um, you know, her belief that, you know, peace was the answer and you know we've got to we've got to fight evil that's that's the question because i, I honestly i've had some the, theological discussions about well why is she a saint if she was promoting 
war and battle and all of this. And I'm like, you know, look back at somebody like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, for instance, who was in a, he was in a, he was a wonderful theologian who was in a plot to kill Hitler, uh, but is sort of considered a modern day saint. He was killed in a concentration camp. John Brown. I don't think, I don't think he's canonized, but. No, he's not. No, but he's, he's really considered like almost like a modern day saint because he put his whole life on the line to save others and was, was martyred for it. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to fight evil. There's just no other way, uh, you know, peace isn't going to come until you stand up. And that's a tough thing. It's a very tough thing. People are afraid. Yes, and I don't blame them. Dr. Joe, so this is actually a very juicy topic. So one thing I was surprised to hear, this was a few years ago, that that the idea of evil can gel with the I am, the idea that you're doing the best you can, but you you know you want to hurt others. Yeah. That there is that there is that kind of person in the I am. And I think what's different about Joan from that is that um she truly believed in God, and God told her through angels to believe in herself. Now, that is a message that I think any person who has ever struggled should glom onto. I mean, mm. that's a beautiful message. You know, you you are special. You should believe in yourself because you're put in, everybody's put on earth for some purpose or another. And that's what she truly believed. And uh, I think that's kind of a beautiful thought for any for anybody who has any kind of spiritual thoughts. It doesn't have a Judeo-Christian world, whatever, you know. So, uh- uh, that is the the toughest part about the I am is is evil and and war and and people mm. competing with each other and devaluing each other. But I'm I've got another question. What has this been like for your actors to be creating brand new roles? Ah, that is wonderful. What a blast they're having. I mean, I think they're taking a lot of pride in ownership. Now, Liza Jean Grande is an up and coming Boston star. She is really, really gifted. And I was lucky to get her. She heard about the audition and came down. We did have a Joan sing off for sure. But, um, you know, she's shown out. Everybody was great who auditioned. But um, she had the, the, um, the, the inner strength that I was really looking for to not only be able to belt away, you know, and, and make me believe it, but, and, and have a beautiful voice about it, but she could act it. She, she understood, you know, what it's like to um, be made fun of for, you know, maybe being too much like a tomboy or uh, whatever. I mean, she just, she seemed to understand all of the concept, you know, of, of not maybe being accepted. And she really ran with that. And, um, made us really care about her. That's what I, that was my goal was um, once I started reading about her, I'm like, everybody needs to fall in love with Joan. They just need to think she's the greatest, you know? And um, I think this actress is bringing that. And then uh, to to your point of evil, her, one of her uh, partners in battle, one of her comrades is a fellow named Gilles DeRay. He could be a whole show on himself. He was a, um, absolutely vicious knight he was called the black knight oh sorry um and the the black knight was um in league with the dark side he was um 
you know, basically uh, practicing alchemy and dark black magic and, you know, worshiping things that Joan would have never done. But they reunited because they wanted to save France. So he's another interesting character. Mm -hmm. So even though she would not accept his beliefs on any level, um, she certainly appreciated the fact that he said, you know, we've got to free France and we've got to risk our lives to do it. So that's a big stretch. And that sort of says, I can, I love everybody. You know what I mean? I'm going to accept everybody no matter what, you know, and try to find the good. Yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? It is. I am. I tell you, Carol and I, we, we cannot wait to see this next oh, week. I love it. We are, you know, I'm so excited. And company theaters, can you just tell people how they can find company theater? And sure. Sure. Because if you're a South Shore listener, it's quite easy because we're by the um, right off the exit um, for Hingham and Rock and Rockland. So that's the exit you take off Route 3. And um, so it's, it's very easy to get to because we're right off the exit. You just... Um, uh, go to the company theater. It's um, behind the car dealerships there. And it's a beautiful little gem of a theater where I am so blessed because I have these great actors who want to create a new role, taking a chance and loving it. I've got this beautiful theater to put it up in. I've got a 14 piece orchestra who are all playing new music. I've got, um, you know, artisans and creators who've created these wonderful costumes that are kind of like a little bit glam rock and a little bit historic and, you know, all that. So it's, um, it's really uh, awesome to to come to our theater, with, which we have, um, you know, free parking and it's just really convenient. It's affordable, uh, so, so affordable compared to like Boston and Boston prices. We have Friday discounts because, you know, that's a great day for people to take advantage of a lower ticket price. So, I mean, it's really like a South Shore gem and you just go to companytheater.com and, you know, get the tickets or you can drop by our box office two hours before any performance or on Mondays and Thursdays we're open to. And it's just, um, you know, a great, a great place to see theater and people are a little, they're, they're still slow to come out uh, from the pandemic, you know, kickback. And honestly, I was worried during the pandemic that, you know, will my theater survive? Absolutely, it did. And would, would theater survive itself? I, oh, I was hopeful. You know, and I'm and I'm thinking I'm too busy worrying about keeping company theater alive to work on um, the born to do this at that time. But I knew that I had to survive everything and I knew I had to get this show up. It was very important. Yeah, it's a beautiful theme. It's a, it's beautiful themes. It's it's um, it, it's uplifting at the end in a, in a surprising way that you may not expect. It might make you think about things. I, I can't help what i'm about to say but i i hear i hear the story of jordy and zoe in this musical as well like well i did dedicate it to jordy i do have to say yeah 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 because she 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 encouraged everybody to do what they were born to do she was she was like a genius at that yeah. and that's that's something that me and sally who's who's co-directing this with me by the way sally forrest mm. doing a brilliant job because there's so it's all staging it's staging mm. staging you know and there's all this military cool movement that's choreographed and all this cool stuff but you know she and i we really try to keep that part of our legacy alive because that is so important yeah to, uh, 
That's yeah. why I, I wanted to mention it. Because no, it no, really it's beautiful. Is. Yes. Yeah. And of course, Michael and, and Melissa knew Jordy quite well too, very well. Yeah. Uh, and so we all said, let's, let's, do, let's dedicate this to Jordy. That's lovely. It is. It's beautiful. So I, I, I am so grateful for your time that you've come to. Oh, I'm so happy to give it. Yes. And, and I can't wait to see it. And um, you always you know. ask great questions too. And you know, it's, it's always great to chat with you because you know, you get, you get what it is to put up theater, to create something new, the adventure that it takes, the, mm -hmm. the chutzpah, you know, you're putting your, you're putting your whole soul on the line there. And I'm just ecstatic for people to see it. Yeah. Can't wait. Oh, me too. Tom, anything else you wanted to ask? Or? I'll be there opening night. Probably yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you too, Tom. So that'll nice. be great. Can't wait. I can't wait. I send my best, everybody. I Thank will. You. Wonderful to see you both. Okay. Break, break some limbs. Have a great, have a great night. Bye. Trust is in skirts will only keep this girl from fighting. Give me a song.